Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology, with me, Tiasha Zaitz. Today, we'll be exploring the Finnish ecosystem. What makes Finland repeatedly achieve the rank of the happiest country globally? I spoke with Paivi Silanauke, Special Envoy for Health and Wellbeing at the Ministry of Social Affairs and Health in Finland. Up until recently, Paivi was the Ambassador for Health at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. She has a strong presence in the international community. She's the co-chair of the Alliance for Health Security Cooperation, a member of the steering group of the Global Health Security Agenda and a member of the Health Advisory Board of the UN Technology Innovation Lab Finland. Paivi and I discussed the ecosystem in Finland, why should ministries for foreign affairs care about healthcare and where does Finland have room for improvement in healthcare digitalization? Let's dive in today's discussion. If you will enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to the episode and also check out our newsletter. You can find it at fodh.substack.com. That's fodh.substack.com. Paivi, thank you so much for joining the discussion for Faces of Digital Health so we can highlight and get some insight into how Finland is doing in terms of healthcare digitalization and improving healthcare and well-being of the population with the help of technology. The Nordic countries are quite famous globally for being very forward-thinking when it comes to the implementations and use of technology and hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit more about that. But one thing that I thought was super interesting about you and basically your profile is the diversity of roles that you have and the emphasis on the need for the cross-sectoral collaboration. Up until recently, you were the thematic ambassador for health and well-being at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So not health ministry, social care, but foreign affairs. So how does that go together? Can you tell me a little bit more about that role and the projects that you were working on in that capacity? Thank you. And thank you for having me here. It was really exciting and inspiring opportunity to to move to the Ministry for Foreign Affairs for three years. Actually, it was before the COVID than the ministry, the previous ministry for foreign trade and development then had an idea of having six different thematic ambassadors who were people who had uh, credibility of, of doing then international collaboration, having international networks, but also having deep experience and know-how on the theme, which uh, was then or her responsibility. And because I had then had 20 years experience in being at uh, different levels, administrative levels in social and health field, he asked me then to join to that pilot project. And the thematic ambassadors were in those areas where governments play a prominent role if we think about then facilitating innovations, but also then the transformation and the data economy and digital transformation in health sector and wellness sector 
needs government's role because uh, governments define the business environment. And uh, there is also very uh, big interest from government sides also to try to facilitate this because you need collaboration between private sector and public sector. And in the end of the day, the governments and the public financing is the major financing then that 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 comes to social and health services. That's why why he selected then health as one one of those themes. And I wanted to have a well-being there also because in health sector people's well-being is really important issue and we need also trust to governments and trusts to be able to use the data that is actually the fuel for digital transformation. That was also seen during the COVID that that we have to take also into account then the health sector capacity building and strengthening and help those countries also benefit from the new technology, lower middle income countries. And of course, then trade policy, because these are private sector solutions that are developed, the social and health service services are part of the ecosystems where those new technology solutions are developed. So I had then a possibility then to advocate inside the Ministry of Foreign Affairs what kind of impact health has in those policies, but then also try to facilitate then and help the know-how we have in Finland then to be exported, then to build collaboration between countries so that that would help also other countries to understand that how the data could be used and for secondary purposes because we had the legislation for that. I think Finland is probably the country that's most often mentioned as an example of good practice, how to do that. You've got a formalized and very clearly defined secondary use of data through a special authority called FinData. How, what do you observe in other countries? How many countries were able to do something with this knowledge sharing apart from saying that it's interesting and clap that you managed to do this in Finland? Of course, EU is then our region here, which, which has benefited from our experience. And that's why Finland has been coordinating the preparation for European health data space, which is then the proposal from Commissioner a year ago that includes both primary use and secondary use of the health data so that it could be then transferred across the borders. And then perhaps give them more possibilities to to be cared and use the information we have in certain countries where there are centers for rare diseases, for example. So that would be then the primary use that we could then, the data could then flow flow across borders. And when we travel, because we travel a lot, so if something happens to me, then when I am abroad in some other EU country, my data or a summary of my patient data could be then available for physicians and health professionals there in in that country. And during this year, while the proposal was then launched a year ago, there have been much interest in, in many countries in EU. And um, I would mention here some. So Germany has been one, then Austria, Switzerland. I have been also there. Italy has been one. Now I'm going to Lisbon. France has a very clear strategy also trying to push forward the use of health data and the legislation there. So those ministries have been interested 
in learning what we have been doing and then also trying to find out collaboration and solutions. But where I see possibilities is that I won't only be willing to sell the solutions we have, but actually more to build then connections between uh, companies in different countries with our companies so that they could then perhaps then form coalitions and consortiums and being able to solve bigger challenges that only offering a narrow solution for some disease. I think it's sometimes difficult to imagine how secondary use of data looks in practice. Can you mention any of the examples of what kind of either research or solutions came out of the system organization that Finland has with FinData and secondary use of data? In Finland, there are research programs, for example, where that are interested in it it can be a research proje- project which is interest where the researchers are interested for example some disease and they would to know for example more details of the population for example a certain age group certain gender and then in that age group and and regarding some disease for example diabetes age 20 to 40 years and then try to find out that what kind of data there are regarding that kind of, of population and we can also have in finland fin data can then add to health data for for example socioeconomic data but the data the mean when it's secondary use it means that you can't identify the persons where the data is related to, so that then fin data anonymizes or pseudonymizes then the information. So then research group then gets information so that it's anonymized. Uh, and there you can, for example, find if you then get um, and could add genomic information to that, you could have much more information on what kind of cohorts you can find inside that group. And you can have then also collaboration with private sector, for example, pharma companies to get that kind of information. But in Finland, to be able to get access to this anonymized data, which FinData data have been collected, then the research or development project should have some kind of impact on population health. So that is important that it then benefits the population health benefits for that kind of research. Then we are willing to give that information. And and we have got quite many licenses because FinData then gives license when you when somebody wants to apply. You don't have to be in Finland. So it can be also a research group from abroad. Does that happen often? Do entities, companies from abroad often reach out to FinData? Who's the most interested party? The most interesting party who have got then licenses is, of course, our National Institute for Health and Wellbeing. So that is that is one, which is a big research, national public institute, health institute kind of in, in Finland. But then the universities, and of course, there are also private sector companies who have coalitions with researchers, for example. But then there are also our National Institute for Health and Wellbeing have also used the data not only to to be able to understand that what is behind different kind of diseases. Because if if you can then form cohorts, there you can then do profiles of, of what kind of profiles there are, for example, under diabetes. And when I then got diabetes and go to see my doctor, 
then there is information if there are those cohorts and there have been the data have been available there so that people from Finnish population have been able to give the data, which is the case in Finland. So then the physician then can compare my profile to those cohorts and find the cohort that is most similar like mine and then find out that what would be the best treatment for that kind of cohort. So then we are talking about personalized care. And that is quite often that people don't understand that we can't actually develop personalized care if we don't first have data where we can then study and form those cohorts and study that what kind of treatment would be best for which kind of profile. And that would be then, I think that is that should be then discussed much more so that people understand that it's really crucial for us to be able to benefit from the current technology we already have there. Data is also really important for knowledge management. So we have here regional social and health care. So we have 22 regions here, called them well-being regions. And then Ministry of Social Affairs and Health and Ministry of Finance then allocate money to to those regions. So it's for knowledge management purposes, it's really important that we get data to be able to know that what is the health of that region's population, for example, and also then educational purposes. So it's not only for research and development and for giving data to private companies, but we could benefit a lot if we could get that data for steering purposes of our health system and also educational purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it comes to public health, only if you have a really good understanding of where the biggest problems lie, can you then mindfully allocate funds for prevention programs so you can see some impact in a few years. You mentioned that when you moved to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs that you definitely wanted to have well-being also under the umbrella of, of health. And Finland is known for being kind of the happiest country in the world, according just to some rankings. How do you see that assessment? What does it mean through your eyes? Yes, thank you for a question. And it is like sixth time in a row we are ranked to be the happiest country in the world. One reason for that is that people in Finland actually uh, can trust that if something happens to you, like you get some disease, mental health problems, a burnout or a beat, then cancer or whatever happens or divorce happens and or unemployment or something like that, that then there is then help available. So that then comes the society. Then you get the taxation you have been Billing the tax, quite high taxes we pay here, so we can then get back. That there is that trust that the society will then be there and there will be help, and and that is that I think that one one reason, and also that that we have then universal health coverage kind of because there is in our constitution for everyone here in Finland there is right to get those social and health services that they need. Of course, there is the economical framework in, inside which we can do that, but the level is quite high in Finland, their health services and what we can get. So, for example, cancer care is, I would say, most advanced and the results are and outcomes are really good here in Finland. And also then the education, that we are 
we can get everyone can get then then education and university education is nearly free here and so that this is one reason i think that this society has been for decades built on that kind of values that the our parliament and politicians and the system in finland then wants that everyone living here in finland would have then possibility to have their potential into use and then we have quite quite open discussion in our society if i think about the secondary use of the data legislation or the one that we have been preparing and not have succeeded yet then get through the parliament the legislation for genomic center or genomic data use of course we can use it under the gdpr and secondary use of data but we have planned to have more detailed legislation for that use and a safe way to to handle that that data but there have been open discussion very open discussion public discussion while we are preparing our legislation also so i think and of course it's so that you never have a possibility where everyone is 100% like pro yes this is really good but we accept then that when we have get agreement of something and have maturity under behind that so then we can go for, forward one thing i would like to then point out here also why why we are, have been succeeded so well with the digital transformation we have been ranked last year to 2022 inside eu number 1 regarding the digital society and digital economy it's so called desi index and and that shows that our society is really uh, digitized and people have the knowledge how to use digital tools but we have also infrastructure here and been able to then uh, offer a lot of services public services for example digital services and to be able to do that we have used the data we have then collected since 1960s which is then in in different kind of registers and there are legislation behind the, those registers and also public authorities who take care of them and this has been used so that the digital services that have been offered to our population using this data which is in registers have been helped a lot our everyday life So that has been then the way we have been building then the trust in our society and people have been asking also health services to be digitized. And there that's why we got through also the legislation for secondary use of data. This has been the trust building is really important if we think about digital future use of new technology. One project caught my attention and it's called the Finnish Health Village project. bringing social and healthcare services within everyone's reach is the description of the project can you tell me more about that like how does that relate to the digital health infrastructure on the national level so what exactly does that access mean because oftentimes when we talk about the digital health networks it's about patients having access to their patient summaries or prescriptions or just very basic things but this goes beyond that yes it's a collaboration uh, where helsinki university hospital which is the biggest university hospital we have five of them in finland and and this is in our capital area has been very active in developing it with the help of the primary healthcare 
also and and then with the third sector and the idea had be has been that it's really important that there is information available for people before they are coming patients so that everyone can can trust that that when they go to that health village they will get that information about certain themes under certain themes is it mental health is it then diabetes is it cardiovascular diseases or neurological disorders or whatever what is in their interest and there are then there, there are the facts which are there it's it's then certified by the health professionals that they can trust the data which is there and the information that is there and there are also always health professionals available so that you can be there and you can have a discussions there being an anonymous person so you don't have to do that it's really easy in Finland to identify yourself because we always when we everyone who is born here in Finland gets the identification number And each data that is in our different registers is linked to that identification number. So it's really easy to combine then the information uh, according to uh, different kind of legislations we for those processes. But so that is the way you can identify even be uh, not being a patient then. But you don't have to do that. So you can be there in the discussions, anonymized, anonymous, anonymous personality there. But then there there are professionals also part of that discussion, and when some professional then then finds out that perhaps there would be now need to go more details, they can suggest, for example, that could we now go to another platform where we can then continue the discussion so that you can then identify yourself so we can go further and try to then get you more personalized help then for your questions and worries and then you can also get service through that so not only have information you would be interested in but also you could get then help there and care there so that is then the idea that it's for a health village is a village where you can have different kind of diseases and themes regarding then health issues and you can get their information but you can also get their help and the health services there see even seeing your seeing physician there and then if needed go to see him or her in person and begin your your care pathway but then also when you are discharged from the hospital then you can then also continue through that health village so it's a digital village where you can then go and get and get help you you can go around there and look around you or then you can also go into some of those cottages there and get more information and get also services so where do you see that finland still has room for improvement we really focused on what where finland is strong when it comes to digital health and healthcare digitalization it's a happy country so where do you see most potential for future improvement and kind of the biggest challenges that are still present of course there is always things that you can be better and have to be and one way we have to be better and i think that this regard is the thing also in quite many other countries because health ministries have not been an active partners in trade policy for example but as i mentioned in in the beginning here private sector is really important collaborator 
because private sector really develops, they they have the technological know-how, they take the risk when they build their technological solutions, and they keep then the solutions also updated for the future. I think that we have to find now a better way for private sector and public sector collaboration to be able to also scale up the solutions inside Finland, but also then to be able to export them and and in that how give possibilities for Finnish companies then to grow also and do scale up. I think this is not unique for Finland, but if you have then developed some solution in one region, quite often the other region would like to develop their own and not take that to their use. It's a not wise way of using our taxation money that we only give money for development and research for each of these 22 regions, and they build their own solution from scratch to same challenges. So I think that this is not unique for Finland. It's also in other countries that we should use our money, which goes to social and health services, but also in, in private sector and in national economy better way so that we see then the possibilities for scaling up the quite quickly the good solutions we we have so that is one thing i think mm-hmm. that we should do better and also then i think that the other one goes then to regulation and this is really update issue to the, the and now in in european union for example but in quite many other countries i have also seen just discussed that also in australia and in singapore also and in us they are also struggling with the regulation how they should regulate then the uh, the health data and sensitive data there we have seen the discussions regarding ai for example that there has to be like a safe way to think how these technologies are developed and especially genomic data and health data, which is sensitive for people. I think that one really challenging issue is that that we don't regulate that kind of risks that technology have already solved. And we need, therefore, also more collaboration between private sector, big tech and technological companies then with our public sector, um, us who are then, then preparing legislation so that we understand who are preparing the legislation, what the technology already can do, so that we don't regulate too strictly the things that, that then it won't be possible even to develop solutions. And we can have these discussions at local level, regional level, at global level at the same time. And that's why Finland and I have been also active in all these three levels to trying to advocate our experiences, but also getting facilitating that we need more private sector and public sector collaboration to really be able to have an ideal or that kind of environment for us that are secure and safe for individuals' point of view, but that also allows then us to benefit from the newest technology. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to the show, or follow us on LinkedIn. Additionally, 
check out our newsletter. You can find it at fodh.substack.com. That's fodh.substack.com. Stay tuned. Thank you.